Good morning and welcome once again to In Focus. I'm John Sims and with us this morning is Amber Shepard. Amber is the Regional Evaluator for Prevention Resource Center 4 and the East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse. And we'll explain how all that works in just a minute. Obviously, substance abuse, a very serious, very important topic that really just kind of seems to change in its nature and uh, concern areas all the time. So uh, as timely uh, an opportunity as any to get Amber in here to visit with us. Good morning, Amber. Great to have you with us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Don't forget, InFocus is available online. Just go to ktbb.com slash InFocus. And InFocus is uploaded to our website early in the morning, the day after the show airs. Amber, uh, just reading right off your website. (laughs) Our mission at ETCATA is to reduce substance abuse and dependency within our East Texas communities. That's it in just a few words, but there is a lot more to it than that. And there's so much work that East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, also known as ETCATA, does around the area. 23 counties in Northeast Texas. So let's get started with the basics. Uh, You're a nonprofit organization. Tell us, uh, just basically, uh, beyond what I just said, what you do and where your four offices are located in East Texas. Okay. Uh, so, like you said, at Cotta is a, a nonprofit. Um, we, are, we were founded in 1960. It started out as the Council uh, of Alcoholism in Longview. Um, within about five years, we were funded by the Greater uh, Greater Longview United Way, mm-hmm. and since that time, we've been partnered with them. Um, it started out as a group of just volunteers, um, and since 1965, we have been um, blessed to have employees that dedicate their time to serving the community, um, and now, at this time, we have about 45 to 50 employees. We provide numerous services, um, and like you said we have four offices our main offices are located in longview and that's at 708 glencrest lane and we also have an office in tyler at 1820 shallow road suite 1015 mm-hmm. um, and recently um, we've acquired a pittsburgh office so we're excited about that um, we also have a paris office those are remote offices okay very very large area that you cover from uh, as far south as maybe uh, Smith or Russ Anderson County is on here. Anderson, Mm -hmm. Cherokee, down that way, all the way up to the Louisiana border, Oklahoma border as well. Huge area. (laughs) And I want to mention right away that there's a lot of information we won't be able to give out today, but you can get it on the websites. And there are two of them, and we'll explain in a minute how that works. ETCADA.com and PRCFOUR.com. That's at CADA.com and PRC4.com. You can get a lot of information on either or both of those two websites. Some of the information that Amber just presented, addresses, you can get phone numbers, uh, email contact, things of that nature. Moving on, though, to services provided, and this is where we Mm -hmm. kind of explain how the um, PRC4 and the E-T-C-A-D-A or ETCADA thing works. Uh, You're basically about prevention, education, substance abuse services, classes, and recovery. There isn't much that you don't do in the area (laughs) with regard to substance abuse and prevention. Basically, E-T-C-A-D-A, ETCADA, East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, is the host for something called Prevention Resource Center 4. And if you, if you can explain how that works, it's actually a statewide thing that began about 20 years ago. 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Prevention Resource 4, um, in 1997, uh, the Department of Health State Services, they established 11 prevention resource centers, um, and they are um, synonymous with the public health districts in Texas. Um, so ETCATA hosts Prevention Resource 4, uh, for which I'm the regional evaluator. Mm-hmm. Um so the way that works is um, we work together um, as far as the different, the 11 different uh, resource centers across the state, um, sharing data, um, getting information. Another thing that the Prevention Resource Center does um, is we do tobacco uh, compliance checks. We have a tobacco prevention specialist, uh-huh. um, and we also go out um so we, we go to retailers, we do uh, retail education, um, and we also check on uh, violations when we get um, a violation list from the state. So we check up to make sure that um, retailers are not um, continuing to violate, um, and we do that through education. Um, so PRC4, uh, we're the, the data repository um, for this 23-county area. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, the main thing that we do is we acquire the data and disseminate the data. Okay, and I understand that uh, you have a regional needs assessment coming out July 30th. Yes. What kind of basic information is going to be included in that regional needs assessment, and why is it so important for people to have that available? Uh, great question. The regional needs assessment um, is is probably one of the most important things that we do in the Prevention Resource Center. Um, what the regional needs assessment does is it, we look at, um, again, work with the other, all of the prevention resource centers. Mm-hmm. Um, we obtain data um, as it relates to substance abuse trends, uh, crime rates, arrest rates, um, so even down to um, demographics, um, looking at population growth, um, unemployment rates, um, all the things that may uh, affect substance abuse um, in the way of is is this data, is this a risk factor for our community, or is it a protective factor for our community? Okay, and basically that information is really, really important, really either directly or indirectly for anybody who is concerned about this issue, whether it's a substance abuser who's trying to get back on the right track, a member of an agency that works with um, substance abuse, all kinds of people really need to have this information so they can address substance abuse properly within basically within their own communities as i that, understand that's it. right john and um each each agency um each community they they use the regional needs assessment differently and um, we try to target um all sectors of the population including law enforcement um people at the government uh you know government le- levels um city local um mm-hmm. officials um like you mentioned also um substance abuse um people that um are currently experiencing substance substance abuse, um, parents, children, um, religious sectors, um, because like you said, um, everybody uses this data differently, um, which is why it's such a comprehensive, um, instead of just looking at substance abuse trends, we want to look at all the different things. Um, Again, some of the things, other things we look at is um, homelessness, um, insured versus uninsured children, as all of these things can play a part in the community in determining what to do with the data where to go where where to go with the data as far as um 
finding solutions to those things in the community. And you talk about things like homelessness, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things like that and some of the other issues you mentioned can be so closely connected to substance abuse, and I guess that's why it's so important for you to cover it. Talking to Amber Shepard on In Focus this morning, I'm John Sims. Amber is the Regional Evaluator for Prevention Resource Center for the East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, also known as ETCADA. Information, you can go to etcada.com and prcfour.com. Lots of information on there that expounds on what we're talking about this morning, and there will be some information there as well that maybe we won't quite have enough time to talk about today. Let's talk about something really quickly here. There is another organization that you interact with quite a bit based in Tyler called Next Step Community Solutions. Years ago, it was the Mm -hmm. Smith County and later the Sister Cities Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse. And a lot of people may be thinking, well, uh, why do we have two agencies? Uh, If you can explain (laughs) basically how that works and how the two of you interact with each other and have similar but maybe not quite exactly the same mission. Sure, sure. Um, Yes, we we do work closely with them. I um, talk with the community coalition coordinator um, here in this area, Rebecca Taylor, quite often. Um, we like to we share data. Um, none of the data that um, at Cata that the PRC four. Um, obtains and disseminates um, is proprietary. This is stuff that we need the community to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason, the way we're different um, is they are a coalition group. Uh, we also have coalition groups. We don't have one in this area. So it's very important that we work with coalitions across the 23 counties because the main goal um, for at Cotta and for the prevention side of things is to disseminate the data so that people um, across these 23 counties where we can't physically have a coalition um, they are they are have this access to the same data that everyone else does now you use the word coalition and we want to kind of bookmark that in a minute we're going to explain exactly (laughs) what a coalition is and how coalitions work within the auspices of the uh, East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse first of all let's go to another topic school-based prevention programs, youth prevention programs. There are three types of programs there. How does all that work? Um, well, this is near and dear to all of our hearts at Ed Cotta. Um, one of the things that we um, believe and um, we think is most important in the community is prevention. Um, prevention meaning um, stopping this before it ever starts. One thing we know is that about 90% of adult of adults who end up with addiction problems that starts during the teen years Um, and that's that's evidence that we've got to target um, children at a younger age so what our school-based prevention programs do first of all their research-based curricula um, that sets at CADA apart from other agencies Um, Mm -hmm. we actually use um, we use a some nationally registered evidence-based uh, curriculum that is um, mandated by the state. Um, so we have three we have three types of prevention programs. We have Youth Prevention Universal, um, and this is what you kind of think about um, maybe back in the day when there was like the D.A.R.E. program. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a modern-day D.A.R.E. program. Um, right. But once again, um, we know there's been evidence to show that um, that program and some others um, were not effective. Um, so so universal is for all kids. This right. is just tip of basic substance abuse um, information. We also have youth prevention selected. Um, these are this targets students that um, may be at risk for substance abuse. It doesn't mean that they've they've um, used, um, but they may have um, risk factors. Um, 
such as a parent that uses single parent home, um, behavioral issues, and then we have youth prevention indicated. Um, these are um, our highest, our most at risk students. Um, these are ones that have already showed signs of drug involvement or related risk factors. Um, oftentimes these students are in um, juvenile uh, delinquency programs. They may even be um, at, a, at a boys home or somewhere. So we have wonderful prevention specialists that uh, go out and teach the curriculum to these students. Okay, again, talking to Amber Shepard with the East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, also known as ETCADA. Two websites for more information, given to you again, etcada.com and prc4.com. And now let's move on to community coalitions. These are really uh, a very important. I don't know if yes. you, you do so many things, it's hard to say which is the most important. <laughs> but as far as really getting people in the community engaged, I think this may be, in its own way, the heart and soul of what you do. And I think you have, what, have several different types of coalitions. Let's explain how those work. Okay, sure. Um, yes, I, I have to agree with you. There's no way to say um, what's most important. I think everything is important. However, um, the community coalitions is when um, just kind of as it sounds, the community members get to get involved. Um, so we do have, we have three community coalitions. Um, we have one in Harrison County, one in Henderson County, and Panola County. We also have two tobacco coalitions. Uh, one of those is Lamar and Red River County, and the other one is Russ County. Um, you don't have to necessarily be a resident of that um of that county. Um, it also services adjacent counties. Um, but what the what the community coalitions do, um, there's a coalition coordinator that kind of spearheads the the coalition. Um, but the main the main focus of the coalition is to um, engage members of the community um, across um, various sectors, um, so that we have um, people come together um, that have different knowledge bases um, that are willing to. Um, take the data that we found again it goes back to the data and see what what does this community need and what can this community do um, to solve problems and they really get out there and they hit the streets um, and they they get things done the coalitions so basically it's an opportunity for the people in a given community to really determine the future of their community with regard to substance abuse tobacco, different issues that are related. It's really throwing the ball into the court of the people who are going to be most affected, the real stakeholders in each of these communities. That's exactly right. And that's why it's so important. Um, and, you know, wherever you're listening from, there, there's, a, um, there's a community coalition in, in most areas. So it's so important um, that people of all um, from all agencies, um, parents. Um, we even like to have involvement from, from the young people um, to get their perspective on, on what's going on and how we can help that. So yes, you're right. It's a, it's a way for everybody to get involved. Mm -hmm. And just to bring a Next Step Community Solutions, the mm -hmm. other agency we talked about, back into the picture for just a moment, just because your county isn't mentioned as having a community coalition on this program today, there may be other community coalitions under the auspices of, say, Next Step Community Solutions. For example, the Smith County Community Coalition, I believe, is handled by 
next step community solutions. Yes, right. Okay. That's exactly right. Um, so if you don't know of a, co- a coalition in your area, um, that's why we love Google nowadays. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, we if, do. <laughs> if you type in um, coalition in your county, um, more than likely you're going to find one in your county or at least in a, in a neighboring county. So you're exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And also uh, feel free and we encourage you to go to those websites, etcada.com and prc4.com. Lots of information on there about, I'm sure about that and also about many, many, many other topics. Moving on to substance abuse services. The first of these we want to talk about is OSAR, screenings and assessments. That's basically outreach, screenings, assessment, and referral. Let's talk a little bit about how that works and where that is done in East Texas. Okay, okay. Um, So we have a team of um, LCDC's licensed chemical dependency counselors, and their job is to, um, we, for the whole, for 23 counties, um, anybody that is seeking substance abuse services for any reason um, can call in um, to our main Longview number and we get them set up with a, an actual f- a physical appointment um, either in Longview, uh, Paris, or Tyler. Those are the three physical locations. Um, but people that are in the outlying counties, um, we do sc- uh, phone screenings with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they do is they, they meet or they talk with um, the person that has called um, and has a concern with substance abuse. Um, and they make the appropriate, just like it says, they're screened, they're assessed, and they're referred to the appropriate um, the appropriate facility or whatever their needs are. Okay. And you have classes, and we're getting into court-mandated classes now. These are offered only at your Longview office. All three of these are, again, court-mandated. Let's just talk briefly about uh, how each of those works. Okay. Um, so we do have several classes Um the first one we have is DWI intervention. Uh, we also call this DWII. Uh, what this means, this, this is not for somebody that's had their first DWI. Um, that's handled by the, um, uh, usually the tip, typically the local police department. Mm-hmm. Um, they may have a class. But once um, you've had your second or more, um, typically the court, or the court can mandate someone to come to our program. Um, it's a eight-week program. And um, that is, I think it's once a week um, for eight weeks. Um, And then we also have choices and consequences of substance abuse. Uh, This is a two-week curriculum-based program designed to help um, the alcoholic or the drug abuser understand the disease of addiction. That's provided monthly. And typically, this is a class um, that CPS refers uh, people to quite often. Okay. Um, and then also we have minors in possession of alcohol. Um, so anybody, any minors that have been found in possession of alcohol, oftentimes the um, juvenile judge will uh, refer them to or will mandate them to come to our MIP course. Okay. Moving on to recovery services, and this is where we get into a slightly different geography from what we've talked about over the last uh, 15 or 20 minutes. As, by the way, uh, reminding you again, we're talking to Amber Shepard with the East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse today on In Focus. I'm John Sims. Recovery services, that covers or is covered within Camp, Upshur, Marion, Harrison, Greg Smith, Rusk, and Panola counties. 
And we'll start with peer recovery support specialists. Just a little explanation of what that is and how it works. Okay. Uh, recovery support services is one of our um, newest um, programs. This actually only started a few years ago. Um, and the state has decided, the state actually decided that um, one of the pieces that we're missing um, in in um, the alcohol and drug abuse um, councils was treatment was the, I mean was the recovery um, they wanted somebody that could follow um, individuals after they get out of treatment um, so the peer recovery support specialist um, at, at Cotta we have um, we have one male recovery coach and two female recovery coaches um, right now they only cover the the eight counties you mentioned um, but as the state sees the results um, from how this is decreasing um, relapse and the people that are in the program with the support specialists, uh, we anticipate that this will um, grow and um, get, get further out into our other counties. Okay, and then you have groups that hold meetings. There's a women's group and then a men's group known as the Winner's Circle. A little bit about those. Okay, um, so on Tuesday nights, um, we have our women's group, which is called Recovery Rocks. It's held every Tuesday from 5.30 to 6.30. Uh, the group offers peer support and encouragement for those struggling with substance abuse. Uh, we also, on Thursday, have our men's group. It's held every Thursday from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at our Longview office. Um, this group is for adult men who have issues uh, pertaining to substance abuse. Um, and then Winter's Circle um, is something fairly new. Um, it's, uh, it's geared towards um, individuals who have been recently incarcerated mm -hmm. um, as well as their families. And that's a unique aspect of the Winter's Circle group is it's not just the recovering um, addict or the person that has pro problems with substance abuse. Um, also, their families can come and, and learn a little mm -hmm. bit more about what's going on with them. Okay. The women's group meets in Longview and the men's group meets uh, uh, different in, in Longview, um, the Winner's Circle and the men's group that we hold actually run concurrently. Uh -huh. um, we're, try we're trying to um, get get the times uh, worked out a bit more so that those don't run together. So, But they are all three held at, at Cotta in Longview, Texas. Okay. There's a Winner's Circle group that's been around for a long time based in Tyler. Yes. I, and, of course, they're connected to you as well. We're talking, though, specifically today about the group that meets in Longview, if I right. understand. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Moving into uh, some of the really important information now, signs of substance abuse, talking to your kids about substance abuse. I don't guess we can repeat this type of information often enough, so let's That's have right. another go at it. <laughs> well, one of the things, um, I've worked in substance abuse for almost 15 years now, um, and one of the things that I always tell people to look for is look at the eyes. Um, any substance, um, drug, any drug, um, and alcohol included, um, there's almost going to be some uh, change in the eyes, whether it be um, red, watery, uh, pupils um, larger or smaller than usual. Mm -hmm. um, also, look for um, unusual smells on the breath, body, or clothes, um, deterioration of hygiene or physical health. Um, weight loss or weight gain can also be a sign of substance abuse. Mm -hmm. um, changes in sleep is a big one, um, either sleeping too much or sleeping too too little. Um, same with appetite, um, increased appetite or loss of appetite. Um, obviously, if you, um, 
looking for physical signs of bruising, um, needle marks, things like mm-hmm. that. Okay. Yeah, I want to just kind of move on here. We are getting not real close to the end of the show, but some territory that I do want to cover today. Talking to your kids about substance abuse, are there maybe two or three key bullet points that you would recommend in that regard? Yeah, um, number one, I say don't be scared. Um, you know, it's it's uncomfortable to talk to your kids about substance abuse, but the fact of the matter is that they're going to hear it somewhere. Um, I think it's starting earlier than later at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think it, it's never too early to talk to your um, kids about substance abuse. That's another thing that, that I would mention. Um, you know, even starting out at a younger age, talking to them about tobacco and the dangers of tobacco. Um, another thing that we've... Um, we kind of recommend at this point looking at the data first of all substance abuse trends among um, children has actually decreased significantly over the years so one of the new messages we like to put out and teach parents is um, not everybody drinks um, if, especially thinking about high school not everybody drinks not everybody smokes not everybody does drugs in fact it's the opposite most don't so the new message to children is if you want to fit in don't use um, you know it's been a, a used to is um, peer pressure and feeling like everybody did it but the reality is is that not all kids do it in fact most don't okay drug abuse in our area we already kind of covered this and come july 30th we're going to have more information as the latest regional needs assessment comes out but um, anything in particular that you wanted to point out in that regard? And I do want to bring up the topic of opioids, which I understand mm-hmm. is a real problem in part of East Texas, Absolutely. maybe not so much in other areas. It's a hot topic nationwide right now. It How's is. it going in East Texas? Um, well, um, opioids um, don't fare very well in East Texas. One of the things we know um, about the opioid um, crisis that, that I'll just focus on here in East Texas is that we see that um, doctors are prescribing too much for too long and for the wrong Mm. reason. Those are the three things um, that the uh, Center for Disease, uh, the CDC has recognized as three of the biggest problems. And in looking at the East Texas number of opioids prescribed, um, they're much higher than the rest of Texas. Um, Also on on another note, of the 25 uh, cities in all of the country um, that are for opioid abuse, um, one of our Longview, um, right here neighboring, is um, number 17 mm-hmm. on the list. Um, so there is a lot of opioid prescription now, that, and that doesn't even account for um, opioids that are ob- obtained illicitly. These are actually these are prescribed opioids. Okay, very serious information. Very serious. And uh, again, that regional needs assessment coming out July 30th. Probably want to keep your eyes open for that. Uh, I think it's important to note that you conduct public education about data collection and trends and your team is available as speakers for events and community health fairs, etc. And you also coordinate prevention and other trainings for the region, part of which we've already covered. Again, I'll refer everybody to the websites, etcada.com and prc4.com for more information. Different locations, a number of different phone numbers, which we don't have time to (laughs) to give out all of them on the air today. So please, if you would, go to those websites, and there's just a lot of information there. And, of course, there's always good old Google. That's um, right. <laughs> I noticed something on one of your websites. I think it was the PRC4 website. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, anything that you want to say about volunteers, how people can get involved as volunteers? Um, we uh, we haven't had a lot of volunteers um, recent, uh, 
recently, but um, we absolutely have the opportunity for volunteers, um, especially in our community coalitions. Um, in fact, we're going, um, several people from Ed Cotter are going to Behavioral Health Institute um, mm-hmm. at the in, in the beginning of August, and we actually have a volunteer um, for Ed Cotter that is going um, at, to represent the one of our coalitions. Oh, so okay. it's very important. Um, and again, if you visit the website, um, or you can email myself at a shepherd s-h-e-p-p-e-r-d at etcotta.com um if there's any questions um about volunteering or um or requests for um data or for presentations great and uh i know you're a united way agency there's state funding which i guess is really the uh foundation of your funding mechanism but uh do you also accept financial donations from individuals we do um you're right we primarily are funded by the state um and we're also with greater longview united well um the united way across our counties um is a huge support for us um but we also take other we also get other community donations and like you said yes absolutely um community donations are greatly appreciated okay and we are getting down close to the end of the show now so let's quickly review. I'm John Sims. This is In Focus. We have been talking to Amber Shepard, Regional Evaluator for Prevention Resource Center 4, hosted by the East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, short form, Amber Shepard with ETCATA is probably the <laughs> basic information that you need. Websites, etcada.com and prc4.com. Looking at those websites, you'll notice some very similar information, but each of them is a little bit different. So if you're interested in this topic that we're talking about today, and uh, I would think that a lot lot of people would be or ought to be uh, check both of the websites there's information on both of them that does not exactly duplicate the other and if there's any concern that you have about substance abuse you have a problem somebody in your family has a problem you just want to get amber or somebody to come and talk to your group and just educate you on the situation in east texas and what you can do about it certainly um, etcada.com and prc4.com amber shepherd with East Texas Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse, our guest this morning on In Focus. Amber, just really thank you so much for all the valuable information that you've presented today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Amber Shepard with Etcata. I'm John Sims. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next week on In Focus. Your only local news radio. This is KTBB Tyler, KTBB FM Troop Tyler Longview, and KTBB.com.